When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota and Dawkin Cabin. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Thursday's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and we're starting today talking about eating and eating disorders in particular. You are aware, I'm sure, of the news last week. A new drug has been approved here in Ireland called Wegovy. Uh, it's a weekly injection. If you take it, it's proven that you'll lose 20% body fat in, uh, or across, should I say, 12 months. So, you know, for... Some people, this is probably manna from heaven because it's something that they uh, have wished for for a long, long time. But in a general sense, what about eating, obesity and disorders? I'm delighted to welcome back to the show somebody I really respect. Now, I've spoken to her a number of times in the past. She's Dr. Kilty Oberlin. She struggled for years herself with an eating disorder. She now specialises in the process of eating disorder recovery. Kilty, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. How are you, Jerry? I'm good. Thanks for joining me again. I really do appreciate your time. What about Wegovy? What do you make of its approval? Um, well, it's another drug, um, and it does have... The thing about it is, is that when people are overweight, there is a desperation to lose the weight, especially when there have been many attempts to try and, you know, that whole cycle kind of kicks back and more weight is gained and whatnot. Um, but the thing, there is a lot of side effects linked with this and Wegovy, it's, it's actually approved for a very specific um, number of people. Um, they have to be a certain amount um, overweight in the obese category. I don't like the word, but the, the clinical term. Um, and have comorbid comorbid issues going on or potential comorbid issues so it's actually it's not approved for everybody and just remembering that the side effects if you even go online and look at patient reports back of being on there are some that say this is wonderful but there are a lot that also say this you know talk about the side effects so it's just being aware about that and i i also from me working in the field of eating disorders and, and disordered eating, which most people don't really recognize is, is a very big issue, um, that the idea that there's this magic pill or this magic drug um, sort of, you know, it puts, it puts it out there and it reinforces like uh, this fear phobia our culture actually is going through right now. Mm, a good point, well made. It's not a panacea for everybody and it mm-hmm. has limited and targeted use, as you said. But you know that whole thing, you're right, that there is an instant solution when we have a problem and it's not the case. I want to talk to you about disordered eating because I, I, I'm curious, you've rearranged the words rather than eating disorder and you say, or uh, your contention is, that people make a decision, right, to get healthy and little by little they start to cut things out from what they eat but then you say the relationship breaks down with food and this is leading down a dangerous path what do you mean by that explain it um for the most part here's the thing i'm going to preface all of this by saying that everybody who nobody develops that has an eating disorder that had it develop and usually it's a slow slow onset but 
every single person, when they say, how did this start? They just wanted to get healthy. So I just want to be healthy. And our whole culture is kind of like, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, get healthy, lose weight, eat right. Um, when a person develops an eating disorder, and it is, like I said, a development, um, because it starts off usually with a diet to get healthy. Um, and then over time, it gets worse. So, um, and disordered eating, when we look at what is an actual what is disordered eating? It, it's actually a diet. It's that I start to cut out, you know, maybe that I'm, I'm eating less nutritional requirements than my body needs, which is a diet, you know, with the intention of, of weight loss, um, with the intention of changing my body shape and size. Am I making sense or am I going on? Oh, no, you, you're making eminent sense. But are you saying to us that dieting is, is the wrong path, that, that we don't need to diet? Um, yeah, this is, it is, so I know, and the minute I say, no, we don't need to diet, there will be loads of people that, that come back and say, but I'm overweight. My doctor's telling me I'm unhealthy, that, you know. But when we go about doing it by reducing our nutritional, what our body actually needs, we're actually setting ourselves up for the likes of binge eating. So how many people go on a diet and just and over time, yes, they, they achieve this goal of weight loss, but then they break out into any of a form of binge eating, mm. or, um, you know. And then the weight comes back and we get more weight comes on. So yes. that's the cycle of dieting. So this is where, you know, we kind of know diets don't work. Um, but we sort of need to be, if we are eating, if we're eating healthy and making sure the most important thing is that we're getting the nutrients in. Because I think if we all think, reflect and think about how many people do we know that actually have a healthy relationship with their body and with food. Like when I'm working with people, even when I'm just talking to people in general, locally, um, you know, so many people will say things like, I'm so bad I had that chocolate cake, or I'm so bad I had this, I'll be good tomorrow. This whole relationship with food, like it, it's become a culture. I actually say that the culture is a disordered eating culture. Yeah. Because, you know, because very few people, more and more, the more we kind of promote, be healthy, eat right, exercise, the more we're actually creating this, like, this dichotomy. Um, and, and people are, are kind of losing their relationship with themselves, with their body. It becomes a goal instead of having a relationship. So, in other words, the balanced diet, eating well, enjoying yourself, the treats in life, and, and that approach is really the best. It absolutely is. Because, you know what, I, also, I often, when I'm, when I'm teaching on this, or I'm, I'm kind of trying to guide people on, um, to develop that healthy relationship, I, I liken our relationship with food and body. It's on a spectrum, meaning that we have healthy normal on one healthy normal on one side and at the very far end of this spectrum we've got disordered eating in the middle is disordered eating and disordered eating is everything from frequent dieting anxiety associated when we eat certain foods skipping meals um developing rituals around around food exercise regimes that, that kind of get too rigid and, you know, my day is revolving around whether or not I exercise. All of this are different forms of, of this, that disordered eating. It's... And the thing is, when we look at it in terms of relationship and we think about a healthy relationship, a healthy relationship isn't like a, like look at a marriage. It doesn't go smooth sailing from day one to the end. There's going to be a fight here and there. There's going to be a patch of we're just not getting on. And then ideally we work through it or it goes the other direction. And that, that's where, and this is, the, this is how I liken it with food because food is also, like you were saying, I love the way you put that, that it's, it's social, it's fun, it's, 
you know, it's pleasurable. Mm. It's also nutritional. It, it is, it's fuel for our body. It's how we actually function. So it's necessary and it's pleasurable. It's a way we console each other. You know, when somebody's upset, we give them, you know, um, something, something nice. Um, and none of that is necessarily wrong unless it's done all the time, unless it's begun to be the only way that, that yes. I relate with food. Oh, you're making such sense. And you're talking uh, so much logic. And it's great to hear this. It really is great to hear this. Because you use terms as well, just to introduce them. Orthorexia, which is only eating healthy. <laughs> and that, mm-hmm. that that becoming the norm. That, that, that's not good either, is it? No. I mean, in fact, no, it's not an absolute, it's not a diagnostic yet in our diagnostic psychiatric manuals. Um, but it's when we, in, as clinicians, when we see something showing up at the door over and over and over again, we sort of, it'll probably show up officially in the next diagnostic. But the, the point being is that it has become, I would say at this point, like when I started, I'm 25 years doing this now ish. Um, when I started this, it was, um, on occasion, we would see somebody with this kind of tendency where they would only eat. And this could be, you could fill in the blank, only organic, only super healthy, you know, like whatever that, whatever that healthy qualifier is. Um, whereas now, the, I would say almost the majority of people that are coming for help have a component of orthorexia. And I actually believe it's part of the, the culture that we're living in that is promoting health healthy eating where it's almost a virtue signal that I don't eat anything for, you know, anything toxic that's going into my body or, you know, again, because that can vary from person to person. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, it's a, a, an interesting view and I've never seen the word before orthorexia and it, it, it uh, you know, it brings it home to you when there is an extreme there. The other thing is anorexia is a term we're, we're familiar with and you are too. Drunk anorexia? Explain yeah. that to me. Um, that is where somebody, again, this is not a clinical diagnostic, um, but we're seeing it so often. But it's where somebody is saving their calories in order to drink. So it's kind of co- another term is comorbid when you see sort of two issues showing up within a person at the same time. You know, that's a very, it's a, again, a, a, di- a disordered um, uh, alcoholism yes. in a way. But yeah. which is very normalized. But go on to a college campus and check, and, and you see it a lot of times in the younger. But I'm also seeing it way more and more in older populations where I, you know, I want my wine tonight, so I'm not going. I'm going to skip a meal so that I can have the calories coming in from the alcohol. Or yeah, it's uh, another angle that you're encountering as well, and it is a fact. It is there. So, look. Mm-hmm. In conclusion, today of our conversation, we started with Wegovy, but it's so interesting to hear what you have to say, and reassuring, I have to say, because I, you're right. I love my food, and I eat everything in moderation. But I eat everything and anything, and I try to have my re- meals at regular times and day. And I have a blowout, and then what about it? Just get back and on the road again. But look for. Going forward with children and rearing a family and educating them, um, what do you say in conclusion today? How do you, you know, not, you know, bring them down these roads that you've been discussing with me now and get them on the right track? Yeah. Well, food and how we eat is not a moral issue. And I think even the way kids, I will tell you, this is just an example. What I've been seeing more and more when I'm getting, when I'm having younger kids and now, sometimes adolescents coming in and you say, when did this start? How did this start for you? They're coming in and saying, well, they were teaching about healthy eating in school. And the food, the way it's getting taught in school is good and bad. And very susceptible kids are picking up on good and bad. And they're like, oh, I'm not eating, you know, sweets or, or what have you, or fats are bad, you know, and not really understanding this moderation bit. Um, 
And to some, maybe they get congratulated on that. Isn't that great? You've got willpower. Wonderful. And so the child persists and does it more. Um, And so we need to be careful in the language that we're using. And most importantly, when kids see the adults around them criticizing their own bodies, calling myself fat, saying, I am so bad I ate this, we're modeling how to have disordered eating. And if we want our kids to have this balance, we need to practice it ourselves. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. So those two things, I think how the relationship to food, and it's not being taught as a relationship to food, it's being taught as good or bad foods. And re- here's the other thing about eating disorders. They are called multifactorial conditions. It's biopsychosocial, which means that Everybody who, um, everyone that is prone to developing an eating disorder, there's a genetic component to it. And with that component, when we say to kids, okay, we'll go on, you know, we'll do day of fasting or um, they'll do a, or the teaching this good and bad food, it takes what triggers the eating disorder to kick off is the diet. It's where the person starts to cut food out has a biological a de- deficit, caloric deficit. And as well, there's this, they get a bit of a high. It get, get a kick out of it, especially if we could, you know, say, aren't you great for that? Such, it's that perfect storm. Yeah, it's all coming together. I, I, I hear clearly what you're saying. Uh, fantastic. I, I really enjoyed what you've had to say to us today. And there's a lot of sense in there. And if we take your words on bo- board and... Uh, action them, I think it will make a huge, huge change. Keep doing what you're doing. You're wonderful. And thank you again for joining me Great. on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Take Bye. care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Dr. Kilty Oberlin there. Check her out. She talks such eminent sense. John Lowe, the money doctor, coming up after two, explaining the new state pension scheme. It makes sense, doesn't it, Louise? Kilty Oberlin, just she's logic. She's brilliant. Oh, she's a brilliant woman. She really, really is. And she's right. I'd say it is the norm now. Yeah. To have a disorder. Uh, is it a disorder she's calling it? Yeah. Disordered, Disordered eating. eating yeah. it's called now. And she's rearranged the words. And it's, uh, you know, going too extreme on, you know, the healthy eating, mad on the exercise. Or if we all need it in balance. Mm. But I think moderation. Moderation and balance is the key to dealing with a lot of the issues that are out there. Oh, I tell you, folks, last night, the outpouring of sadness and grief from Miss Louise Walsh to me was unbelievable. I'm gutted. Tell them why you're gutted. I'm gutted. Bruce Willis can no longer act. No. Because he has aphasia. Yeah, he is a cognitive difficulty. His speech Mm, is affected by this and he's had to give up acting. A big fan, obviously. Massive. You you uh, not? uh, I enjoyed him in the Die Hard movies. You know. Even Moonlighting with Sybil Shepherd years ago when I was growing up. Decent film as well. But you're the proud owner of his autobiography. Wouldn't you you have to be his fan? (laughs) You have to say he has a lovely smile. He has. He has. Anyway, you've been a fan going back. You obviously like Never him acting. Never read the autobiography. Uh, just looked at the picture I, on the front. I, I gave her a book. I was going to give her a book yesterday and I just, and she looked at me and the way she looked at me, I said, good luck, you're not getting that book. Swatting flies with that, thanks That's very much. sure. She says I'll get around to it sometime. Um, anyway, uh, it's sad news. Seriously, for him, like oh. it's shocking that he has to, to stop, you know, at, the, at this oh, stage. He's been just on the mm. film stage for what, 30, 40 yeah, years? Yeah, yeah. He was married to a woman, wasn't he? Demi Moore. Yep. For years, for they years, split up. years and years, they split as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that news coming out last night, and our Louise devastated. I was. I want to bring somebody on to talk about it. And <laughs> she everything. did. She was going. So I said, "Will, will <laughs> you go away out of that with you?" And the name of God, woman, are you losing the run? It's a yourself? huge loss to Hollywood. I think. Do you think he was a looker? Was he a looker, Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. in his day? Yeah. But he was a great actor too. <laughs> 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 Go out of that, you and your great acting. He wouldn't be up there in the pantheon of great actors. He's good. He's good. He's a middle road actor. But late to news while I go scarred. Anyway, yeah, let's go to uh, news in the company of Monday and Galway Girl. 
It's uh, been termed as the biggest shake-up of pensions in the history of the state. Yes, in recent days, the government announcing a brand new pension scheme scheme that everybody will be auto-enrolled into. He's been calling on it for, for it for years and years. He's a big advocate of pensions always. What does he think of the new proposals? I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch one of our most valued regulars, John Lowe, the money doctor. Hello, John. Oh, you haven't lost it, Jerry. Good afternoon <laughs> to you and to all your listeners. John, thanks for joining me. Well, in, ge- in a general sense, what yeah. do you make of this? Well, it's a little too late and it's too little in that order because you know as as you quite rightly said i've been banging on about this for the last 20 years and essentially what you've got is uh, a pension time bomb jerry as you know we've got uh, 667,000 people over the age of 66 in 30 years time we'll have 1.8 million now at the moment for every person who retires there were five workers to fund that uh, pension in 30 years time with three times the population retiring we'll have only two so it's just physically not possible unless we get a huge influx of people coming uh, uh, into our country to uh, work and to contribute to the exchequer funds. It's just not going to be possible. Anyway, this is better, as my mother used to say, than a slap in the face. <laughs> I was waiting for that, John, <laughs> that old saying. Yes. Better than a slap in the face because basically what's happening towards the end of next year, finally it gets off the ground at least, um, You, uh, you know, all employers across the country will have to have, for those 750,000 employees who have no pension whatsoever and that's 35% of the private sector um, sector by the way uh, in Ireland um, they'll be forced to not only set up and structure a pension but they'll have to contribute in it for the first three years 1.5% and the employee will also have to contribute 1.5% and the government will contribute half a percent now you can opt out as an employee um, after six months and then within in two years, you get re-enrolled uh, in, back into the scheme. But the employer can't, can't back out. After three years, in the fourth year, it goes to 3%, 3%, 1%. After the seventh year, it goes 45 45%, 1.5%. And then finally, in the tenth year, it's 6%, 6%, 2%. And put into practicality, you're a man who's still in his... Um, 50s. <laughs> yeah. So you could put, well, you know, at your age, you could put 40% of your net relevant earnings into a pension and get the max. So for every 100 euros, Jerry, you put into your pension, 40 euros comes back from the government. It's a fantastic investment. Mm. But if that's 40% you can put it, just even go to a 28-year-old who's on 30,000. Mm. That 28-year-old um, can put in currently 15%. 15%. And if he's or she is on the, the, the 40% tax rate, that means they're getting back 40 euros for every 100 they put into their pension. This is 1.5% next year. Mm. So they can still put 13.5% into an AVC, PRSA AVC, an additional voluntary contribution, and get the tax relief on it. So 1.5% is a bit of a joke. It's, it's small, a, John, a and you say too little, too late. Could you, I'm just uh, thinking on my feet here, say you're auto-enrolled into this, you can take up the balance to bring you up to 15% in a private you can, scheme. But that, that could be a, a PRSA APC. I mean, it, it's obviously uh, good for you to avail of the government's large S, which, which eventually will be 2% eventually in, in 10 years' time. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it really, uh, and, uh, by the way, two other things about it is that if you're on over 80,000, the government and the employer stops contributing anything over that amount mm. so it's a max at that and it's also then the age group as well 23 years of age up to 60 okay. so if you're an 18 year old uh, and you're on decent income you can't avail of this you have to wait till you're 23 so John what is your message today to people let's say who have a private scheme at the moment uh, maybe not making the full contributions but are in a private pension scheme would you just stay there and stick and not bother with this or have you to you know be part of this by law no you don't have to be part of it by law because if, if you have a pension then you're, you're not um, you know disrespecting the law for instance but if the, if the employer hasn't got a system hasn't got a, a pension 
scheme set up, then he has to set it up and he has to make sure everyone's in it who hasn't got a pension with him or her. So the, the thing is, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You, you would always avail, like if, you know, how many times have you heard somebody when you've asked them, have they got a pension? They say, oh, yeah, I'm paying 5% and employers paying 5%. But 5% and 5% is 10% is nothing compared to what you could be. If you're, you know, in your mid-30s, you can put 20% away. And the, and the thing about it is, for those who have an existing pension, you know, avail of this scheme when it comes up, if it's available to you, and available, to, so then you can put your existing scheme into a PSA AVC. Okay, so you have to transfer your existing scheme out of what's called a no, strict pension. You no, you don't transfer, Jerry. You no. do not transfer. You just set up this new scheme. So yes. you've got, say you've got a, a scheme already, but the employer hasn't, and suddenly the employer says, I'm going to do this scheme. Yes. Well, then your, your main occupational scheme is the one with the employer. Okay. And then the secondary one, which you had, yes. but there was nothing before it, it now becomes a PRSA ABC. It stays the same, except okay. it's just called an ABC. I see. So it's just, in terminology it changes you just continue to contribute yes as long as you're you know in there's very few people by the way who can actually contribute to the maximum of their uh, eligible yeah. uh, allowances like you know if you're you know as I say 35 you can put 20% but you know you try and get 20% of your income even though you're getting uh, 40% back from the government mm. it's still to the pin of your collar because people's lives you know electricity's gone up everything's yep. gone up um, and they've got kids they've got to think about the kids third level all of those things so you do the budget first to make sure that you can afford to put whatever you're putting in, into a pension mm, but be- if you can do if you can do it it is fantastic yeah and, and you're right it's funny when you're an advocate of starting as early as possible but sometimes not sometimes in most cases as you know young people trying to get their foot in the property ladder children arrive uh, yeah. The cost of living, John, just here yesterday again, electricity, gas up 25%. These are all, inv- and they have to live day to day. But are you saying to people, do try and make a contribution, the maximum you can again? That's well, your mantra. The, the, certainly the, the employer-sponsored uh, one is a no-brainer. Because yes. it's only one and a half yeah, percent, yeah, yeah, Jerry. Small, yeah. but, you know, everybody can afford one and a half mm, percent. Because mm. you're getting one and a half percent then from the employer. Yeah. You're also getting a half a percent yes. from the state. So that'll go up, as I say, in three years' time to, you know, three percent, three percent, one percent. However, you know, if, if you can put as much as you can afford away into it makes sense, especially if you're on the higher rate of tax. Now, here's the sixty four million dollar question that I know the money doctor can take on the chin. <laughs> I'm looking ahead. We were talking yesterday about this capsule element in the census this week, what we'd write in it, you know what I mean, for people in a hundred years time. But yeah. in less than that time frame, this pension time bomb, as you've been talking for years about, is going to explode. The state pension. Mm. Is this the replacement for the state pension? Well, that's what they're trying to preempt, essentially, because this is the start of it. One and a half percent is not going to is not going to replace the state pension. You know, the state pension is currently about thirteen thousand one hundred. It's two hundred fifty three euros thirty cents a week, and for a lot of people, uh, it's the only form of income they have. No other income. Uh, you know, less than half of the country have uh, made any provision, and even that kind of 45% who have made provision, it is not uh, a fulsome pension. You know, they might only be paying 10% in themselves, and, and it's not going to keep them in the luxury that they've become accustomed to. Yes, and I'm just reading here from somebody who says, um, if you have a private pension, will you be required to exit your current plan? You say no again, no, no to that. No, you no. won't. No, but you'll have to make this uh, the new plan, which is the, the government-sponsored plan, the employer-sponsored plan, as the main occupational pension. And therefore, you know, if you were in public sector, for instance, or you were, had a, a, a pension at the moment with a, a good company, you know, say Amazon or whoever, you can still come outside of that and do an ABC if you haven't availed of the maximizing your tax-eligible um, uh, allowances. So if, if you're only contributing 10% and your employer is playing 10%, and you're 29 years of age, you can put another 5% into an AVC, a PRSA AVC, and it doesn't have to be with that company. It can be outside of it. Uh, Jerry, will you ask John, how will this work for self-employed sole trader who has no pension? It's the same thing. You know, they're not, unfortunately, including this is a, it's a, it's an employer sponsored. So, I mean, and a self-employed person can set up their own as, as you know, the same uh, p- parameters. So you're looking at if that uh, self-employed person is 29, 
they can also put in 15%. If they're 35, they can put in 20%. If they're 45, they can put in 25%. So it goes up in, 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 in age levels. Uh, when you're 50, you can put in 30%. So, it, it, as I say, it won't, it won't be sponsored, though. The self-employed, unfortunately, won't get it sponsored by an employer situation. Okay, so you've got to take out your own scheme yeah. privately. Self-employed is your own It's company, your, your own, own business, business, and you won't get the kickback from the government no. here. No. I'm sure self-employed uh, lobbyists and, and people will have a thing to say about that, but that's for, for down the road. What about if I move, another question for you, John, if I uh, switch employers during my working lifetime, does it just carry on automatically? Well, with, with, if you've gone from one employment to another, you can actually swap whatever is in the fund over to your new employment, or you can do a thing called a personal retirement bond, uh, which probably would be better because unless that company is a really well-known company that's going to be there for life, and like because if you're in your 30s and you've decided to move to another company and uh, you've got to go back, if you leave it there and leave it with that company, you've got to go back when you're 65 or 60, whenever this, the, the policy finishes, and cap in hand, you've got to get them to sign off to get your pension. So that company could be bankrupt by then. Mm. So the easier thing would be if you're, if you're not sure about the company you've just left to join another company, you can either transfer whatever the fund is there into your new company, or you can put it into a personal retirement bond, which has lots and lots of benefits. Because if, if it's a personal retirement bond, it means at the age of 50, you can cash it in. Mm. Not 60, not 65, but mm. 50. Uh, because it's in a personal retirement bond and you're entitled to do that, you get 25% of it tax-free, and then you can put the balance then into a thing called an approved retirement fund. Yeah, interesting that to consider that if you are moving employment and just another one there um, can I opt in and out from time to time you touched on that before did you opt yeah, in well the, you, you can after six months you can leave it but you'll be re-enrolled within two years <laughs> again oh right okay so kind of, you're going to be in and out uh, of it but it, it makes sense like one and a half percent nobody should object to one and a half percent nobody should object even to six percent six percent it would be like you're getting eight percent then for nothing six percent yes. from your employer and two percent from the state so that makes absolute sense no yeah. matter what level of income you're at I say bring back Charlie McCreevy and the SSIAs what a scheme that was Mr John Lowe that uh, was certainly 2002 that, to 2007 yeah, oh I remember it, it well fantastic it was the one thing I did right with money in me life and all the other bloody mishaps I've had anyway uh, just a quick one here I've recently joined the HSC and automatically joined the pension scheme can I increase the amount I pay into that scheme within the HSE? Well, that's a very good question because the, this is a public sector employee and the public sector, Jerry, they normally uh, get one eightieth for each year of service. So if they do 40 years, um, they will get half, 50% of whatever their final salary is. So if they're on 60,000, they get 30,000. Now, if that person has only done, you know, will, ha- will only have done 20 years in total, not 40 years, then they'll get half of the half, which is a quarter. So th- what that person can do is they can do an AVC, a PSA, outside of the company, or they can go back to the HR department of the HSE and say, how much would it cost me to buy my years back? Okay, so you have options. Go and talk yeah. to them and see uh, what you can do with that. There are options outside the pension or within as well. John, yeah. you've been fantastic as usual. <laughs> you've thrown a lot of light on something, but I say again, too little, too late. Back to you, Minister. Thanks, John. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. There you are. I didn't expect that from John. He's a pensions advocate. He ain't impressed. He ain't impressed with this one little bit. There you have it. Isn't that interesting? We're getting messages in about a scam and. You were scammed earlier today. Was. This is, is this the one that yeah, you experienced yeah. as well? And in fairness, I don't think people think it's a scam. I think they're just sharing it to try and give us the love and free Cadbury's eggs. Tell us what happened or what you got. Um, you get a lovely thing saying Cadbury's are giving away free eggs for Easter. Mm. And then you click on the link and you're given a number of boxes. You know, you have one in six chances. So you click on a box and this Easter egg appears and it goes, you've won a hamper. All you have to do now is share WhatsApp with 20 friends or five groups or something like that. Okay. And so everybody's sharing it. But once you share, it sends, gets you onto another kind of page as so and it gives you a, a kind of a gambling forum. You know, you spin the wheel and get yes. so much or whatever. Yes. So thankfully I clicked out at that stage. 
without me chocolate. So, um, yeah, just to let people know, thanks a million for sending it yeah. in to us, but I'm afraid it is a scam. It is a scam. It is. It is definitely a scam. We We've got a number of... No, no. You'll just have to look after yourself when it comes to the chalky steaks. But, uh, yes, it's a sure fire scam Easter egg. Uh, don't go near it at all. It's leading you down the gambling road and we don't want... Mm. Uh, and probably, you'll probably have to put in your, yes. your address and your email address and all that to get... You know, and then details. they'll be looking for your credit card details and all that stuff as as well. So, look, just a warning there. Thanks. Our listeners are very good. We have it there from a number of people. And just ironic, Louise was mentioning to me this morning, geez, I've been scammed myself. And we'd be on the ball, like, you know what I mean? Normally, yeah, well, yeah. I guess you just get it from somebody you know and trust. Yeah. And, you just think, and oh, that's what happened. Somebody that you trust and know sent mm-hmm. it to you and you thought, so it's taken in a, 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 a lot right. of people. Yeah. So, look, just just avoid it. That's the message today. It's a big birthday in Avonway today, I we believe, have is there? a big birthday for a real native Navin man Frank Nelson who's 86 years young today and I have just watched you Mr Nelson on social <laughs> media belting out a famous Dickie Rock song he can sing that man he can't can he? sing isn't he brilliant Frank has a lovely voice he really has well known around Navin for his singing Jerry they, I, I ain't surprised and oh, and, and you know the, the Dickie Rock song is a, a real uh, standard bearer for people of a generation and by God Frank you'll be performing that on the stage somewhere soon that's for sure along with many other numbers as well He's 86 years young today and from everybody here on LMFM Radio to you, Frank. Have a great day and this one is for your birthday. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars You Ah yes, and so many people indeed love Mr Frank Nelson who's celebrating his 86th birthday today. Happy birthday Frank, just for you, old blue eyes Mr Frank Sinatra. Now, uh, on Monday on the show we spoke to a fine young man from County Meath, Conor McCauley, and he told us his story about coming into his mum's birthday party in Drogheda Town but uh, by bus. Uh, but not being able to get back home because the bus errand bus wasn't accessible for him in his wheelchair. Well, we've got a statement now from Bus Aaron, and I'm glad to read it. It says, Bus Aaron is very sorry to learn of the difficulties experienced by Conor McGauley in travelling with us earlier this month. The D1 route should have been served by an accessible vehicle, and all our town services are operated by fully accessible low-floor vehicles. We've investigated this incident and unfortunately this did not occur on that occasion for operational reasons, negatively impacting him and his family. We are focused on improving our services for people with disabilities and will look for solutions to prevent a recurrence of this situation. And we thank Bus Aaron for that. And they are acting on it, we're assured. And um, I believe there'll be contact made with Connor as well from Bus Aaron. And we're delighted to hear that and be I appreciate Bus Aaron's assistance in it and always glad to help. If you have a difficulty, remember that's what we are here for, to help you. We are here on your behalf. Give us a shout if you feel we can help you in any situation. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. After the break, well, I think she has to be a regular at this stage. Sue Masterson, she chucked uh, and ditched the booze a few years back. We've been touching base for her on and off since. She's still off the hooch. But she's turned her attentions to something that she hasn't been able to do in her life and she's going to tell us all about it next. I suppose at different milestones in your life you have a look at things and you decide, well, I have a bucket list or maybe there's something I didn't do. You know her well if you're with us regular on Late Lunch. She's a fantastic young woman because she kicked the hooch a few years back. She's still off it and we've been tic-tacking with her ever since she decided to give it up. And she's back with me today on a completely Mm. different tack. Hello, Sue. Hello, how are you? I am really good. Is it when you reach an age milestone, am I right that you decide to look towards the water? Towards the water, off stop. Do you know what? Um, I can't believe 45 years of age and I can finally swim. It's so exciting. 
<laughs> you couldn't swim. You never swam at all. No, terrified. I have a huge fear of water. So I still do even now, do you know, but um, it's not it's not as bad. I can swim, but I, I, I still have the fear when I get into the water. But I just wanted to face the fear. And I've always wanted to be able to swim, but I kind of thought I was letting the fear win. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, not anymore. So I started getting lessons. And tell me this, you know when you're grown up as a child, because I learned when I was very young and went to lessons and had it all my life. Did you ever even attempt to start to learn at a younger age, Sue? No, I'll tell you what happened and where the fear I reckon came from. I was about five or six and I was sitting beside, I was my mum's shadow. Anywhere she went, I went. So if she wasn't getting into the pool, I wasn't getting into the pool. I was sitting up beside her. But my brother at the time... He was just a year younger than me. He was four or five. He jumped into the sick foot, so had to be, the lifeguard had to go in and grab him out of the pool. And my mum was screaming, do you know, that way. And that's the memory I have of yes. the water. Yes. So I think that's where it came from. So um, I never went in for lessons then myself at all. I was and terrified. Isn't that interesting that mm. an incident at a young age in life sticks with you and you have that deep within and, and it's sort of a, a barrier. You know when you went then, say, on holidays, which you have been, or you, you went to a pool or to the seaside or things like that, what did you do? Just go in and bob up and down? Was that it? Oh, I'd hardly go into the water. Would you? Terrified. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Terrified. Isn't that so? And doesn't that, when you think about it, when you're away or even in this country, a break where there's a lovely hotel and a pool or anything like that, it's really limiting, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, it is. And now there's so much I can do now from it. Like, sure, I wouldn't even go to water parks. (laughs) I did there a couple of years ago. I just went, oh, sure. But I was terrified of going on any that would end up in a pool. Oh, absolutely petrified. So what, you know, made you grab the bull by the horns? Did somebody say it to you or did you just go to your local pool or how did this all begin? No, I just, you know me and my challenges. Yes, <laughs> like, we hmm, do. What, what can I do next? And then I went, I want to be able to learn to swim because that was my biggest, because I love to face my fears. And I was like, right, and swimming, like the water was my biggest fear. And I was like, I'm going to face that fear. So I started getting lessons just before COVID and then COVID hit and stopped it. Then I went back and then I stopped it before Christmas. And then my instructor came back to me because I said, right, like, I want it for 2022 to be my goal to be able to swim. And now at the end of March, I can swim. Well, I have um, a little video that was sent to me by a little birdie <laughs> and I've been watching you. And I tell you, you've made great progress. Uh, yeah, because when I look at that video, um, I can't believe it's me. Mm. You know that? I just mm. can't believe it. I'm looking at, I watched that about 50 times already, Jerry, just looking at it going, <laughs> that's me! That's me! Because, like, the, like, the way I'm being taught is obviously the, the correct way to swim is you're facing the water and you have to breathe out and then you're yes. doing the strokes and stuff. So, um, so even, it's really funny, the, my instructor Brenda in Eden Dairy Swimming Pool, she's incredible because she understands the fear. So she's very gentle, but she won't let you away with anything either. Do you know mm. that way? It's great. Mm. And uh, when so when I push off and I'm floating at first and I'm just breathing out into the water, I sometimes forget to kick because it's at that moment that I'm like, look at you, Sue, in the water with your face down. <laughs> just, I'm just so, I'm so proud of myself. Yes. Really, really proud of myself. What was the biggest, you know, leaving the fear aside, but when you get in, and I know the way they start and they have you at the side and kicking and then they go with the floats and then they ask you to let one go and go, what was the most terrifying part? Um, Oh, most terrifying part. Even at the very beginning was even just putting my head under the water. Yeah. And then... I used to when I what am I about to say? What I'm about to say now used to catch my breath and I feel panicked. It was the water coming up to my chest, mm. and that's at that stage. That's probably not answering your question correctly though. But no. um, I think I think when everything was gone and it was like off you go now. We're yeah. putting this all together, and yes. it's like what? Yeah. And then it it just comes all together. Do you know that way? But it was yeah. like you want me to do that now. Um, <laughs> but then I have to say in the six foot because I'm out of my depth and she just wants me to do the sculling. I don't know if you know what So your legs are down, you're kicking your legs a little bit and just moving your arms about to keep yourself floating. Yeah. That was, oh my God. So that 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 was the scariest thing I had to do. Mm. And uh, yeah. Now they are three moments, you know, head under the water and that, uh, you know, you take in water or the breath or whatever, you're right. When you leave the floats and the first time they say to you, go on, 
kick off off you go there but right when you haven't got any uh, you can't tip your toes beneath you they, they're three you've, you've just highlighted they're three you know key moments in, in the yeah. process of, of gaining your confidence so are you certified now that you can go ahead and swim on your own or do the lessons continue no I'm going to continue the lessons because I still need to work on my breath work okay. to be able to go further mm. and then I've just what I have to do is practice my fitness in the pool then as well so I have another lesson in the morning at half six in the morning I have another lesson and then we're going to decide from there <laughs> she, she was trying to get me to do the like practice um, the back what you call it yeah which is, um, backstroke and stuff mm, mm. oh well <laughs> Jerry it's hilarious because my coordination is really really bad <laughs> so bad that when I did an aerobics class before years ago I was asked to go to the back row because it was putting people off that's how bad my coordination is <laughs> and uh, so she's trying to get me to do the back row I was like that's not going to happen for a long time she goes I thought we'd be further along with that and I was like oh once it comes to coordination you may forget about it well <laughs> I, I, I tell you it, it, don't worry about it that, that's going to be all sorted out and it will come to you just as when you're pushed off on your own exactly it, you know it's going to happen that is going to happen for you and the one thing I'll say to you ultimately actually I love when I swim I don't swim enough I'm very often to be honest with you but I just love lying on my back and kicking my legs out lying on my back looking up at the ceiling like a frog and going the whole length of the pool up and down like that oh Sue it's something yeah, else yeah that's it because she said that I'd enjoy that because I yeah. love relaxing and doing yes. my meditation and all that so she goes no so you love it yes you know so I'm, I'm going to keep at it anyway I'm sure she won't let me away but anyway <laughs> 6.30 in the morning jeez you're up at Cockrow yeah, every day yeah I was up this morning as well yeah. practising in the pool at 6.30 mm. this morning good on you it's a great commitment yeah. and when you look around you are you getting one to one lessons or are there others being taught at the same time um, no I'm getting one to one but when I'm in the pool then um, and I was there Monday evening as well and I'm in the pool at other times there's other people around me and we share kind of the lane there's a lot of older women like who have retired and they walk up and then they use it as physio you know the kind yes. of like aquarobics type of thing um, but like saying that I have to say the encouragement that I get from people in the pools is incredible mm. there's uh, two women there this morning and that I met one of them before and she was just so encouraging she goes look how far you've come now and I remember when you were absolutely petrified <laughs> and like you know um, and it just it's lovely having people like that around you who are so supportive yes it's great encouragement and, and yeah. that's, uh, that boosting of confidence is wonderful you'll be the fittest and youngest woman for your age uh, in this neck of the woods for sure perhaps in the whole country with the way you're going with all the walking and, <laughs> and the no alcohol and the swimming now God knows what I'll you're only going to do next anyone fancy oh listen <laughs> and you will especially when you get your new driving licence oh stop <laughs> that to Louise. <laughs> Tell them what you did. Yeah. Tell them what so you did. What I did was, right, I'm 45. I had to renew my licence when I was 40. So what I did is I didn't, no hair, makeup, nothing. I just went and I wasn't, uh, I don't think I even had my hair brushed properly. And I was like, right, I'll get the photo done like this because when I get one done when I'm 50, I'll get dolled up for that and they'll, they'll go, oh my God, you look like 10 <laughs> to 20 years younger. <laughs> I think, I think you've adopted the politician's mantra who look years younger on the posters every time there's election yes. I don't know how they do it but anyway Sue Masterson seems to have figured out anyway we just wanted to say hello to you good luck to you with ah, the swimming thank you so much. and uh, keep up all you're doing you're a fantastic inspiration thank you for joining ah, me again Take care. Later, bye, bye, bye. bye. That's Sue Masterson there taking up swimming at 45 and learning how to swim it's a great skill and if you haven't it's never too late go for it go for the swimming George Harrison and said on you the ex-Beatle there with his most memorable song after he left the Fab Four. Just reminding you, our live coverage of the Premier League continues on Saturday on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. 12.30 Liverpool Watford, 3 o'clock Chelsea Brentford, Man United take on Leicester at half past five. Premier League live with Now, stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a Now Sports extra membership Audio, visual, it's all there for you. Got a lovely little note in the post this morning from Joan. She just signed it, Joan, and said, Dear Jerry, long may our show last. As a long-time listener to you, I would be grateful if by chance you can say to the public that the census forms, the collectors, should not call to people living alone as they don't answer. 
And uh, it's a, a point. Uh, people of an age living alone are reluctant to go to the door, and especially at certain times of day, especially when it's later. And I think it's something to be kept in mind by the census enumerators, the people who've left out the forms and collected them as well, just to bear that in mind. We were talking about it yesterday on the show, but point well made, Joan, for people living alone. There is an anxiety issue there, and I hope it is taken on board by those collecting the census forms. Eamon was on to me from Fahar since last Friday Jerry, there's a big crow knocking on my window each morning at 6.40am Louise is there a reason for this Eamon aren't you lucky that you have your own personal <laughs> alarm clock at 6.40am every morning Louise earplugs <laughs> is there a reason Eamon wants to know well I'd say the crow loves you and, uh, it looks nice wants, and cosy yeah, in there. He, he wants to make sure you're up at a, at, a, at, a, at a nice time of the day to see the dawn and hear the dawn chorus. Or is it a reflection? It's his reflection in the window, is yes. That, that's what I would is, think so. I yeah. would think so, Eamon. It's, it's a, a reflection. Friend. He thinks it's a, a buddy. He thinks he's pairing up with something. <laughs> and uh, it just <laughs> happens to be your window. I remember they told you the story of the caravan and the bread on the roof of the caravan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Crows will waken people early in the morning. Yes, they will indeed. Nigel McKenna. Nigel's been on to me today. Listen to this, Louise. He's uh, coming Ireland way for the weekend. And last time he was here, he hired a car, right? $342. Okay. Right, the car. Last time he was here. That was last... That was quite recently. When I see what he says, Nigel says, uh, October, October last. The car from uh, uh, from the hire company cost $342. This time, $1,225 for the car. Same, same yeah, type of no, car? No difference, Small no nothing. Same time frame, same di- uh, type. Um, the plane ticket from Nice, where he's flying from, is only €298 Euro return. Oh gosh, that's a massive difference. Isn't that something else? Car hire, $342 to $1,225. Is it, be- I don't know, is it Easter break or something and he didn't come over on a... Holiday the last time or something? This weekend. It's this weekend. There's no Easter this weekend. Isn't that brutal? Now that's inflation. That is inflation. Ah, it's a bit more than inflation, isn't it? More than That's a little bit of price gouging. It's almost four times the price gouging, price gouging, I'd say it is. Thanks for letting us know, Nigel. Mm. That's just awful, isn't it? That is awful. Oh my God. Talk about price rises and electricity rises, but almost four Public times. transport if he could the get amount. it. Yeah. Well, look, he needs the car to get round and see his people, etc. I understand that. Holy God. Get that them would, to give him a lift. Uh, uh, the <laughs> well, I tell you, uh, <laughs> there'll be people, there'll be people won't be hiring cars for certain at, at those rates. That, that's for sure. And then to put petrol and everything. Yeah, everything on top. Anyway, Louise, congratulations to ourselves. I'm congratulating (laughs) you and me. We are both Billy No mates. Should we admit to that, Jerry? Well, we better admit to it on the air. We are both Billy No mates. We have to put our cards on the table. You think everyone loves us. Not one in the world loves us. (laughs) Not at all. And all because the lady doesn't get COVID and neither does Jerry. (laughs) Neither of us have got COVID, but at times you'd think of me here in the air that I haven't. No, haven't had COVID at all. Thank God and touch wood. A Korean doctor claims that people People who haven't had COVID yet probably don't have any friends <laughs> and they have big issues in their lives. Well, we know we know that. Of you, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, I beg your pardon. Anyway, shall we have ourselves? What about it? We have ourselves. What about it? But there you go, Mr. Korean Touch doctor. wood now, we probably jinx ourselves. <laughs> oh, jeez, don't say that now. Come on, we've got this far. Let's, f- fingers crossed that we, we, we mm. don't. But anyway, there you have it. A little bit of trivia for you on late lunch this afternoon. Now, my soundtrack this week comes from the musical Mamma Mia. And having set records... In London, for a musical, Mamma Mia also made its mark on Broadway in New York, opening there in the Winter Garden Theatre, where I saw it myself, back in 2001. It played an incredible 5,773 shows there until it finally closed in September 2015. It's also travelled the world to more than 50 countries, coming to Dublin first in 2004, and the run sold out completely before it even opened. And it's been back on a number of occasions since most recently, as I mentioned yesterday, in 2019. The appeal. What is the appeal of Mamma Mia? Of course, it's ABBA's music. But I have to say to you, the way the songs are weaved into the story makes it work absolutely 
brilliantly. Uh, the encore is fab in the show as well. So make sure you don't leave. No, you won't. Three classics from ABBA. Mamma Mia, Dancing Queen and Waterloo. Bringing the curtain and house down as the audience, I guarantee you, bays for more every time. So let's reprise this one. A big ABBA hit from 79. Absolutely love that ABBA song. Don't hear it that often. Chikatita, little one, from my featured musical this week, Mamma Mia. Final song and more about it tomorrow afternoon about this time. I haven't received my census form yet. We were talking about it yesterday. Census.ie. All the details are there. There's a number there you can ring as well to get your form. Uh, An enumerator has been on to us. I'm uh, doing the census. Thanks for getting in touch. I always call to those who live alone before six o'clock in the evening. Well done to you. And that's really good to hear. And I hope that reassures our listener who was in touch with us earlier today. Jerry, I'm going to Marbella for five days. A three series BMW car. Four five days, 195 euro. My God almighty. We do live in rip-off republic when you hear that. Final break of the day. Afterwards, the feel-good project in Dulik. They're doing great work out Dulik Way. What am I talking about? The feel-good project. And for four Tuesdays, starting next Tuesday, the 5th of April, during uh, the month, they have a new programme. It's called Wellbeing and Resilience, and it's going to be delivered by the founder of Create the Great in You. And talk about this... uh, this whole movement, it's gone from strength to strength. From the time I remember Mark McCormick joining me here in the studio to tell me all about it when it began. Hello again, Mark. Hello, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Not at all. You're welcome back to the show. What's the basis of this or the aim? You've obviously been given a brief by the people to facilitate and deliver this. What are your aims? Uh, The aim is really to create the space for the young people to come along and just feel a part of something. And whatever that grows into for them, everyone's individual, and everybody will get something different out of it. From I spoke to you last, I'm now a professional coach with the International Coaching Federation. So I've learned a lot of new techniques and skills that I'm going to bring that I've been using in the schools over the last year and a half through lockdown and so forth. What they'll, I suppose what they'll really get is a better sense of who they are. I can help them unstick themselves if they're stuck. We will look at their gremlins as we call it in coaching the inner critic the little voice that stops us the little voice voice that tells us we're no good personally mine was i'm no good useless give up and that's what i did at that age and i believe if there was a mentor or somebody around like you know in the giving advice or giving a little bit of support i think it can be really helpful you know so there'll be lots of getting out of their own way lots of communication lots of teamwork and lots of creativity uh, and whatever they want to talk about, topics could go from technology to bullying to mental health, alcohol, drugs, whatever they want to talk about that they feel is important to them. We'll create a space for them to be able to talk. And we'll also then focus on their strengths, overcoming their weaknesses, looking at what's stopping them. And really the focus is for them to reach their true potential where they're going to make decisions, learn to problem solve, grow in confidence. And make friends. That's in a, in a, in a quick rundown. I suppose, oh, no, it's a, it's a brilliant uh, resume of what will be going on. And there is so much there. But back to yourself and, and, and to take it to today, Mark, there's, it's no secret. Uh, that feeling of worthlessness that I'm no use or I can't do or it's impossible sadly has materialised in young people ending it all for themselves, taking their lives. And th- this is it's a shocking scenario. You, you come across this, I'm sure, regular. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one sometimes people avoid, but it's one that always comes up in programmes. And, and I would often say to young people that I'm not a magician 
But what I am is I've someone who has struggled with my own mental health. And by speaking to somebody and reaching out, things are an awful lot better today. And now I have this approach where I bring all the little, it's like a sweet shop. I bring all the little bits and pieces that have worked for me along the way. And I'm going to bring them to the young people because I believe simply that if in your head you can conceive and in your heart you can believe, then in your life you will achieve. But a lot of young people are stuck. And when I researched this, because my research project was back in 2015 called Mentoring Males, a positive approach to improving young men's success in education and life. It's moved from that. It's moved to everybody. You know, everybody needs something. Yeah. And if I'm the right something or someone for someone, well, then join us. And, and if not, as I often say, then find someone. You know, this, when, when, there's an old saying, when the, teachers, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Thankfully, I've worked with over 5,500 young people. And, and it's, it's been very positive. They've been very positive and they've really helped me. So, but the suicide rate, you know, back to what you said, is growing. It's eight to one. And I'm not saying we can do anything about that, but I do believe if we can create meaningful conversations and get people talking, opening up, getting involved in groups, not hiding behind the masks or hiding on the phones, get them really, really talking about stuff that's important to them, then things can change. You know, create the great news about it's about change. It's about feedback. It's about me challenging them, but also about them challenging me too, because I think a lot of people, their voice is not heard. And like from we last spoke, uh, we won an, I won an award with, uh, with Tusla for investing in young people. It's called the Investing in Children's Award. And it was, the topics that was focused on was mental health, drugs, alcohol and bullying. And I was a great age student at all of them when I was that age. But I have a better understanding of me now. And that's what I'm trying to bring is give young people a, a perspective, their perspective of them, rather than everybody else's perspective or take on what they should be. I think they just need to voice and share yeah. their thoughts and feelings. And hopefully that's, that's what we'll get doing. I, I don't mean hopefully. We will. Once they come along, the process is, 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 is a very meaningful process. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, it starts next Tuesday at half past seven. It's for four Tuesdays in April from 7.30 to 9 o'clock. It's an hour and a half each Tuesday evening in the courthouse in Dulique. Is, is registration needed or can people just drift in on the night to be there in time for the start at 7.30? I, I would suggest, like, it, it, it starts next week, but call this number, 041-988-0523. That is Sharon Keown's office. It's Sharon that's actually, she rang me there a couple of weeks back. And thanks again for the opportunity to work alongside the, the young people off in Dulik. Uh, so I, I'd call that. Alternatively, if somebody wants to just look up Mark at creategreatingyou.com and ask a question, I can answer a question too, but booking would be, you'd be better off yes. going through Sharon's office. Okay. Uh, but if anyone needs a question, you know, or, or wants to even see what we're about, just look up www.creategreatingyou.com, you know, and they'll find out uh, They'll get a wee gist of who, who we are and what we're about, you know. Yeah. Oh, you've uh, you've come a long way since uh, 2015, may I say, Mark, because I, I see you popping up from time to time. And congratulations to you on all you've achieved and all the uh, young people you've you've helped. I'll just mention that number again. It's the Feel Good Project Main Street to League. The number to call for uh, uh, booking a place, to book a place, or if you're uh, somebody who's... Uh, a mentor to or a, a, a parent of or whatever care for a, a teenager give them a shout and find out more about it 041 that's 041 the Feel Good Project in Dulig. Uh they have a real good guy at their disposal for the next four weeks don't miss the opportunity Mark wish you well can I just give one shout out before I go I'm just I'm, fit, I'm working in a lot of schools St. Moog's, St. Brickens, Dalui and Dundalk, so many schools. But I'm just after finishing with three young lads down in Carrick Macross. I just want to give them a shout because I know they're listening. Yep. In. Well, four young lads, Arthur, Jamie, Ugasha, and, oh God, Arthur and Mark, same name as myself. Like they say, young lads don't talk. We're here to break the barrier and get young lads and young girls communicating together about stuff that's really important to them. Again, look, thanks for your time. Not at all, man. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good luck to you. Good luck bye to bye. you next week. Take care of yourself. That's the wonderful Mark McCormick there, uh, the man behind uh, the uh, four Tuesday nights starting in Dulique from next Tuesday. Mark McCormick from Create the Good in You. He's a top guy. He really is. Do go along 
and uh, you will benefit immensely I promise you tomorrow on late lunch Lord Henry Mount Charles is joining us Rick Cronje does the wine Tara Walker the food David Sheehan the sport we have your TV theme competition and comedy to boot don't miss late lunch tomorrow from half one Eddie Caffrey's raring to go next with the drive stay with us here on LMFM radio have a lovely Thursday evening and we'll see you for the final show of the week and the first show of April March is over where does the time go see you tomorrow one thirty. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda to Dorkin Cabin. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana. Guaranteed delivery, low-rate APR finance and 48-hour test drive. Exclusively at Blackstone Motors. Visit blackstonemotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.